Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to The Bad Broadcast. I'm your host, Maddie Murphy. Listen, has anybody told you today that you're doing a really good job? Because if they haven't, I'm here to tell you that. You are doing a phenomenal job. I like to be told that I'm doing a good job between like 15 and 20 times a minute, I would say. That's how often I like to be praised. So if you haven't gotten that yet today, just I'm here for you. I'm here to tell you that. Also, you look phenomenal. And it's Monday, probably, when you're listening to this. And the fact that you are up and at them on a Monday, I am really proud of you. That reminded me, that is a very common Dum Dum Club submission. I don't know if it's been said on the show yet, but a lot of people think it's up and Adam, like A-D-A-M, like the dude name or the girl name. I don't know. But it's actually up and at them, up and at them. It's like a, you know, shortened version of them. Anyway, I'm really excited for this episode. I know I say that every week, but it's because I'm excited for every episode. We are doing something new this week, though, and I'm really excited about it. If you don't know yet, I'll tell you in a minute. First, we got to do our weekly love hates. Okay, we just got to dive into these because I watched a couple things that I'm really excited to tell you guys about. First up, I don't know how I am so late to this, but just this week, I've started watching Trixie, Mattel, and Katya. They have a YouTube series and they also have a podcast. I don't know how it's possible for two people to be as funny as Trixie and Katya. I was up at like 2.30 a.m. the other night and I was watching every single TikTok with the hashtag Trixie. Every single one. And I was sobbing. I was laughing so hard. Matt woke up because I was trying to like stifle my laughs and I couldn't do it. I love them. I forced Matt to watch them with me. He actually, I don't know why I said force because he really does like them. And oh my gosh, they're just the best. I don't watch any drag race. I don't know why. It's been recommended to me a lot. I think I started a season of All Stars and I didn't know anybody and I didn't know what was going on. And I had no idea how the competition was set up. So let me know your favorite season of drag race and I'll just jump right on that because Trixie and Katya are my new favorite people. I saw on TikTok, well, Meg actually sent it to me, that Trixie got stuck at the Salt Lake airport. Well, Brian, Trixie, he wasn't in full, you know, full drag. Brian got stuck at the Salt Lake airport and I did not go pick him up. He was just sitting on the curb. I should have just shown up and been like, listen, I have a couch. 
one of the legs is broken. So when you lay on it, all the blood goes to your head, but it's fine. You can sleep on it. Anyway, I'm really sad I missed out on that hang. But the next thing that we watched this week, we just started it. There's only five episodes out. It's The White Lotus. This is everywhere. A bunch of people have been posting about it and it is really good. I'm really into it. I think this one might might have me hooked. I think it might have me hooked. The style of it, the characters, the, oh my gosh, also Jennifer Coolidge is in it. Like, I feel like you can't go wrong if that's what you're going to watch. So those are the two things that I have not stopped watching. Trixie and Katya and The White Lotus. Love them. Love them both. The third thing that I love is, this one's a little bit random, but it's on my mind, probably more than it should be. I love when guys date women who are way older than them. What is it about that? That is just so charming. Bo Burnham is one of them. His girlfriend's like, I think she's like 45 and he's 30. And Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde, who I don't know why it I haven't copyrighted it yet, but their celebrity name should be Wild Style. I talk about this quite often, but I'm claiming that. So if somebody ever says that they thought of that, no, they didn't. I did. I don't know why. I just find it very very charming when a young guy dates an older woman. Now let's start off our hate list because on my hate list is the inverse of this. Old men dating young women, specifically Dennis Quaid. I know guys, I know we all love Daddy Quaid. We all love Nick Parker, but we need to talk about a few things. So a couple weeks ago, I posted a TikTok because I recently found out that Lisa Ann Walter, who plays Chessie, Again, another dum dum club that's really common. Her name is Chessie with a C-H. It's short for Francesca, not Jessie. But Lisa Ann Walter gave birth to twins after the movie was filmed, three years after the movie, on October 11th, on Annie and Hallie's birthday, which is just, it's too much. It's too much, okay? But there are some more facts that I learned, and a lot of them involve Daddy Quaid and you know, he's not looking too good. I'm going to say that. First thing is that he is 65, 66 maybe. His girlfriend is 27. Guys, why didn't he learn? Why did he not learn when Nick Parker was dating Meredith Blake? This was never going to work. This was never going to work. And yet here we are. Also, Nick Parker or sorry, not Nick Parker, Dennis Quaid also has twins. That's pretty wild, right? He, he, I mean, I'm assuming that he parents both of them. He didn't just choose one to keep around. Next thing I learned, this is kind of random, but the next thing I learned is that Nancy Myers, who's the director of The Parent Trap and like every other amazing chick flick, she has twins named Annie and Hallie. That's why the twins are named Annie and Hallie. A bunch of people were commenting on my video, like, why didn't she name them Annie and Hallie? And then I got an actually helpful comment, which is, they are few and far between. Let me tell you, helpful comments do not come around that often. But they were like, they're not named Annie and Hallie because Nancy Myers twins are named Annie and Hallie. I think that's pretty crazy. I think that's pretty crazy that the director and two of the stars of the show all have twins about like, and they all start in a movie that's focused around twins. I think that's weird. Fertility goddesses abound 
on that set, apparently. All right, where even were we? Oh, we were in the middle of my hate list. Yeah, Dennis Quaid and old dudes who date young women. I mean, I love Scott Disick as much as the next girl, but when are we going to talk about the fact that he dates barely 18-year-olds and he's like 40? It's not right. It's not right. All right, the next thing I hated this week. So most of you know, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I've, I feel like this is probably a well-known fact. I'm married and I've been married for several years. We're coming up on five years and we don't have any kids. We're not pregnant. We're not planning on having kids like in the near future. But when you get to this age, you really can't tell people any news without them just assuming that you're about to announce that you're pregnant. Like I can't ever call any of my friends and be like, hey, I have something to tell you because they always think I'm going to say that I'm pregnant. And then the news that I actually have is like lamer. You know, like when I got signed to Dear Media, which was legitimately one of the happiest days of my life, I should show you guys the picture of when I got my contract on my, I was going to say in the mail, but I guess it was in the email. And I was like, I was doing wind sprints, like up and down a parking garage. I was so excited. So then I would like call my friends and be like, I got signed or I have something really exciting to tell you. And they'd be like, you're pregnant. And I'm like, no, I got signed to Dear Media, which is for me at this point in my life, the coolest thing that could have happened. And then they're like, oh, well, when are you going to have kids? None of my close friends really do this to me, but people that I haven't seen in a while or that I'm not really close with or people from high school, I feel like that's usually, that's usually their first question which I feel like is a very invasive question. There are so many factors that go into deciding if or when somebody will have kids. Like there's so many different things that could be happening that it seems weird we just like ask people willy-nilly. I'm sure that I've asked many, many, many people that question. Just like, oh, do you want kids? When are you gonna have kids? But now that I'm at this age, I just, I, I find it to be a little a little over the line. Like, I don't want to talk to you about my reproductive organs unless I decide to. Thanks. It's like when people are like, yeah, you know, we're trying to have a baby. And I always want to be like, I don't want to know that. Like, do you know what you're telling me? Like, I don't, I don't want to know that. Um, <laughs> anyway, that is, that is my second hate. My last hate. All right. I feel like this one deserves its very own segment because it's just it's so outrageous. So I saw this in the news and I saw it all over like Instagram and TikTok and whatever. And my producer, Nick, also brought it up to me. I don't know if I've introduced Nick to all of you guys. Did you guys know that my producer's name is Nick? He's wonderful. He replaced Matt. Uh, Matt, my husband, used to produce my podcast and Nick is with Dear Media. So hi, Nick. He's listening to this because he edits my episodes. So Nick emailed me and he said, how do you feel about Jake Gyllenhaal? and other celebrities saying that they don't bathe themselves or their kids. And I'll tell you what, Nick, this is how I feel. Well, Nick and everybody else who's listening, I hate it. I hate it more than I can say because you know why? There is this thing going around, this, I don't know if it's a meme, tweet, whatever, where people talk about things that are trashy if you're poor, but classy if you're rich. And they're so true and they're so stupid and it's so ridiculous that we even have this problem. But people are saying things like wearing robes during the day. Like if you're wearing a robe and you're rich, like people know that you're rich. But if you're wearing a robe and you're poor, people think it's trashy. That is how I feel about this whole bathing thing. Like if Jake Gyllenhaal wasn't rich and he was just some dude who lived in like Wisconsin and he was like, yeah, I don't believe in bathing, we would all be like, "Mm," straight to jail. 
But because he's like rich and famous, we're like, yeah, that's cool. I don't know. It just has big anti-vax energy for me. And let me explain what I mean there. Like people who just don't like realize that science has already figured this one out. Like when people are like, well, why would I get the polio vaccine? Because I've never had polio. And it's like, well, yeah, that's because science helped you out there. It's like Jake Gyllenhaal was like, I never smell. Why would I even shower? And it's like, well, no, you don't smell because you shower. So if you stop doing that, you're going to start smelling. And I didn't even, I mean, I saw all the articles. I didn't even want to read them because I didn't want to give him the clicks because I am part of the Swifterhood, which means I listen to All Too Well, which means I hate Jake Gyllenhaal on principle. And I didn't want to give him, I didn't want to give him that attention. But the fact that he doesn't bathe, I don't even know if he has kids, but I'm, if he does, I'm sure he doesn't bathe them. So yeah, I mean, I don't believe in cancel culture. I mean, I don't think that people should be canceled for just anything, but I want to tell you what's near the top of the list is people who just don't believe in hygiene. They are right up there with other things. So that's how I feel about that. And that's my love hate for the week. This episode of The Bad Broadcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something that is interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Or is your mental health maybe just not where you want it to be? Because BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist that you can connect with in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient because you literally don't have to leave your house and that is the best way to do anything. You can also start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You can send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's also more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. This is a service that is available for clients worldwide. Anything you share is confidential and it is convenient, professional, and affordable. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So besties, I want you to start living a happier life today. I want you to be safe, be kind, and be hot. I want you to take care of yourself. So as a listener of The Bad Broadcast, you will get 10% off of your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com bad. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that is betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad. Hi, I'm Haley Hubbard. Hi, I'm Jessica Diamond. This is our show, Meaningful Living, where we break down the overwhelming amount of parenting, lifestyle, and relationship information into credible and digestible knowledge and tools. Parenting is hard, and the thousands of decisions we're forced to make every day can feel daunting. While we've never had access to so much information, it's never been harder to find the knowledge we need to feel confident in the choices we make. We're sharing completely uncensored information here. It can be messy, but it's always fun and always real. Check out Meaningful Living anywhere you listen to your podcast. It takes a village and we can't wait for you to join ours. And now it's time to introduce this week's episode. So I've seen this done on a couple other podcasts and I wanted to incorporate it into Whoa, I've wanted to incorporate it into the bad broadcast. 
And now we're here and I'm so, so excited. So I have a whole bunch of voicemails from you guys and I'm going to listen to them on the air and I'm going to respond. This is like the closest thing to chatting with you guys. I'm so excited. Also, my eyes hurt sometimes when I have to read so many stories and now you guys can just call me and tell me. It's so great. So the number to call is one 650 M-A-D-I. I can't remember what those numbers are at this very moment, but uh, your keyboard will tell you. So you can call the voicemail line anytime, just like you can submit a story at any time. However, it is probably best to wait till I release the prompt because then I won't lose your voicemail. Like if you send me one right now about say like a bad date or whatever, it might get lost because we're not going to be doing a bad date episode for a while. So it's best to just wait for the prompt. That's my advice. So without any further ado, let's start listening to the voicemails. The prompt for this week was kind of open. Anything you want to complain about, a petty argument you want settled, or even just a love-hate. The best part about these is that I have not heard them. I have not listened to these. With the stories, I mean, I read them beforehand and then I can kind of figure out what I'm going to say. These I don't, I haven't listened to. So I'm really excited. And let's listen to our first voicemail. Hi, Maddie. It's Molly calling from Saskatoon, Canada. Um, My, I don't know, annoyance, my hate, but also my solution is, when you're in a public bathroom stall, first off, that whole situation is a hate. It's so disgusting, but we're not even going to go there. Um, and someone tries to open the door. And it's so awkward to know what to say back. And I hate it so much talking about it right now. Full of anxiety. No one knows what to say back, right? Like, you don't want to be like, hey, it's me. You're like on the toilet. So awkward. But. I just did something and it changed my life. I simply knocked back. I just knocked back on the door and no words had to be exchanged. They got the hint that there was a human in that stall and they left me alone. Please let me know your thoughts. It's a hate turned into a love and I love you. You are the highlight of my Monday. Every Monday, bless this world that you exist. Okay, thanks. Love you. Bye. Holly from Canada. Oh my gosh. Sometimes it hits me that I have listeners in other countries and I really, I can't even believe it. So thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank you for being from Canada. Holly, this is genius. This is a genius response. I couldn't agree more with you that public bathrooms really two thumbs down. But more than that, I think that you really do belong in the seventh circle of hell If you try to go into the bathroom and the door is locked and you continue to jiggle the handle, like why do people's brains go to, oh, it's jammed rather than, oh, it's a bathroom and it's probably occupied? Like where is the deductive reasoning there? So knocking back, I love this because I also agree with you that everything that you yell to the person trying to get in is weird. It all feels weird. I usually yell like someone's in here or I'm in here, or it's taken, it's occupied, I don't know. But here's the thing. There is not a more vulnerable position to be in than sitting on a public toilet, pants around your ankles, and somebody starts to jiggle the door handle? No. 
no. It is a horrible, horrible feeling. The last time this happened to me, you know, I debated on whether or not I should tell this story, but I just, I think I have to. So I was at my last job before the bad broadcast. I was working at a bakery. I was a barista slash croissant organizer. And it was one of the bathrooms. It was just like one person. And I don't know what happened, but I forgot. I forgot to lock it. Okay. I forgot to lock it. And a guy walked in on me. That's not the worst part. The guy walked in on me mid-wipe, mid-wipe, okay? That is also not even the worst part. He apologized and left, and then I had to be his server. He sat in my section, and I had to just bring this guy's food to him like we didn't just make eye contact in the most intimate setting possible. Like, that's more than, than my husband has seen of me, okay? It was a really bad time, and, you know, for starters, that's on me. That's on me. I should have locked the door. And now I know when somebody starts to jiggle the handle, we're giving them a knockback. It's not invasive. It gets the point across. I think that's wonderful. Holly, gold medal. Hi, Maddie. It's Emily. I'm calling you from Baltimore. Um, first of all, I'm in love with you. And I listen to you every single week. So not to be weird, but uh, definitely dedicated. So I'm calling to share a love and a hate. So let's, let's get my love out of the way. Um, what I love this week is just every single restaurant or business or just really any place that has one of those self-ordering kiosks. I cannot tell you how relieved I feel when I walk into a store and I don't have to order my extra large fry from a human being. I can just, you know, tap a screen. Whew, love that. Um, my hate, get to the juicy stuff. Um, Okay, bear with me here. I hate returning packages. I just feel like it's too many steps. Like, I don't know if everybody has a printer and they're just cool with printing out a shipping label, but I just feel like, whew, really, it's, it's complicated. I, I, I don't want to do it. I think that there should be a better process for that. Yeah, I just, oh, I would rather buy a house, file my taxes, file my nails, literally anything else, so. Anyway, I love you, and I just, I, I listen to your podcast every single day, so you're the best. Bye. Emily from Baltimore. First of all, I'm also in love with you. You want to know why? Because you do love hates the same way I do. Like, I always want to tell you guys things that I love, but I just want to, like, hurry and get them out of the way because I really want to talk about the things that I hate. So, Emily's love, I think that we can all agree on. I have a hate that goes along with it, though, and it's people who can't figure out kiosks. You guys know. You guys know I cannot handle that. When people can't figure out self-checkout, oh my gosh, I will throw hands. But the hate, again, full agree. These voicemails are just proving to me that we are all one because returning packages, I'm literally looking at an ASOS package that I need to return, but I'm like, that is way too hard. That is way too hard. And I even own a label printer. Like I ship stuff. So I even have one. It's like two steps. And that is two steps too many. I feel like companies should just include like a bag and a return label in all of their packages. Because even the fact that I have to go to the post office is way too much to ask. I mean, that is beyond anything that I'm willing to do. I mean, not really. I'll go to the post office if I need to. I've kind of made friends with the guy there. His name's Dan. But I don't love it. I mean, it's not how I want to spend my time. I'm also scared of like the little dome 
things that you open up and you put your UPS thing in or whatever, I am always scared my fingers are going to get stuck in them and then get ripped off. So I avoid them at all costs. So Emily, I agree. I wish I had a solution. I really do. I just, I think that companies should be more thoughtful of the laziness that we all possess. All right, let's go to the next one. Hi, Maddie. My name is Cami, and I'm calling from Houston, Texas. And on a recent episode, you talked about how everybody pees in the pool. And if you say you don't, you're lying. And I just have to say that sent me into a complete existential crisis because never in my adult life have I peed in the pool. I have been pregnant with two babies. I have worked in a daycare center. There have been lots of times when it would have been really inconvenient to get out of the pool and go to the bathroom, especially like, are we talking one piece swimsuit? Who wants to peel that off of themselves and go in a public toilet that's covered in wet toilet paper? Not me, but guess what? I always did it because I'm an adult. And so first I was offended, then I was defensive. And now I'm just like, questioning if I've even lived my life. And so today at a public pool, I was sitting there like, do I just need to do it? But I couldn't. So I just, I don't even know what I need from you. I just needed to share that I'm really struggling with this whole thing. And also that I love you so much. Okay, bye. All right, Cammy from Houston. I get it. You're better than all of us, okay? You are the Mother Teresa of public pool attendees because you get out of the pool and you peel that wet swimsuit out of your crack and you sit on the public toilet to go. You are better. You are better than us. I actually mean that genuinely. You are probably a better person than I am. And I'm really sorry to have to have sent you into that spiral because I get it. When people are like, I had a lot of people actually last week when we were talking about shaving buttholes, people were like, I've never even thought about that. And it sent me into a really weird headspace because I was like, have I been doing this very unnecessary step? But here's the thing, Cammie, I am going to give you permission. You got to start peeing in pools. No one's going to know. You guys are all probably thinking like, well, don't tell her to do that. Everyone else is doing it anyway. So who cares? So I'm just going to absolve you from your guilt and just tell you to not struggle through this and to just, just give it a shot. Just pee in the pool. Just, just pee in the pool and let me know how, (laughs) let me know the rush, the rush that you feel. This is not a good thing to be influencing. I influence a lot of things I'm really proud of. Sweats, beige foods, 90s rom-coms. This is one of those things that I'm not super proud to be influencing, but I don't really care because who's going to know and who's going to get in trouble for it? Absolutely no one. I am team comfort. I am team not taking off my wet swimsuit bottoms. Tell me what is worse than trying to get on a wet one piece. I am not about to do that. Does that run the risk of giving everybody in the pool staff infection? It does but I'm not taking off this swimsuit. <laughs> now I'm going to see one of you at a public pool and you guys are not going to talk to me. Okay, I get it. I, I don't always pee in the pool. I'm just saying that I have before, okay? And Cami, if you give it a shot, let me know how you feel. <laughs> okay, let's, let's go to the next one. Hi, Maddie. This is Marin. I just wanted to pick your brain on a debate that I've had ongoing with my friend group for a while whether the songs from Mamma Mia or the original ABBA songs are better. Would love to know what you think. Love you. Love the podcast. Bye. Hi, Marin. 
and everybody else listening, but mostly Marin because she asked this question. This is a very hotly contested topic that I have with myself often because I spent like an hour the other day listening or watching ABBA music videos and they were incredible. I loved them. I loved them so much. But Mama Mia is hard to beat. And here's my here's my argument. It's all about what you have the emotional tie to. And I don't think that anybody can fault you for that. I don't think that it's possible to say which one is objectively better, but I definitely have more of an emotional tie to the Mamma Mia soundtrack, specifically the movie. I do like the Broadway ones, but I really like the movie ones. It's hard to beat Meryl singing ABBA. I mean, how do you top that? It's like the two best things. But playing devil's advocate here, you do have to think that these songs wouldn't even exist if it weren't for ABBA. So do they win on principle? Mm, Maybe. I think that I would choose Mamma Mia. But if somebody came to me and said, I think the ABBA songs are better, I don't think that I would fight them too hard on it because it's all about, yeah, what what you have the tie to. I feel like people talk about this with, oh, there was a remake recently. What was the remake of? I mean, everything's a remake lately, but just when with any any remake, whatever one you grew up watching, like with Star Wars, people who love the original trilogy are probably like in their 40s. People who love the most recent trilogy are probably in their 20s. It's it's hard to beat nostalgia. So when you have the nostalgic tie, that's that's what wins. And for me, it's the Mamma Mia soundtrack. Thanks for asking. Thank you for asking the important questions, Marin. I really appreciate that. All right, let's listen to the next one. Maddie, Queen, hi. I just wanted to call and complain or tell you what my hate is right now. Um, Seemed fitting for the things that I've been complaining about lately. So I hate more than anything when you're telling someone something that you're struggling with. Like if I'm saying, oh, I'm really, you know, struggling with my acne or my weight or whatever it is, or in my case, like I have a special needs son and he has down syndrome, he's one and a half. And I always, I'm like, oh, he's having such a huge struggle with his eating and all this stuff. And then someone comes back with, oh, have you tried? And then name something that's like, obviously that would have been the first thing that I tried. Like if I'm like, oh, he's struggling with his eating and it's stressing me out. He's not eating very well. And they're like, oh my gosh, have you tried, you know, giving him this or have you tried giving him that I'm like yes I promise or they think that they know more about it than you do when you're the one who's been living it and (laughs) struggling with it so like if someone if I'm complaining like oh I'm really struggling with trying to lose weight and I'm trying this like oh my gosh have you tried um like counting your calories I'm like no I didn't even think about that yes I've tried counting my calories (laughs) thank you or I've tried this and that like that's not the issue the issue is not counting calories the issue is the willpower to stop eating after I'm done counting calories or anyway, there's a myriad of things that this relates to, but that's my complaint this week is when someone states the obvious when, yes, thank you. I've tried, I've tried giving my child puffs. Thank you, Karen. Anyway, mostly my mother-in-law. My name is Lacey, by the way, and I'm calling from Lehigh, Utah. Love you. Bye. Lacey from Lehigh. Hello. Um, my parents live in Lehigh. So if you see them, tell them I say hi. Um, <laughs> all right. Listen up, Lace. Nothing, nothing makes me want to put my left titty in a panini press, as they say, 
That's from a meme. I wish I had thought of it. I think it's so good, but unfortunately I did not. But nothing makes me want to do that more than unsolicited advice. So I can't even imagine how bad it must feel when people do that with your kid. Because here's the thing. I don't have any kids, so I can't I can't fully understand what that's like. I mean, I can sympathize and I can tell you how bad that sucks because I agree with you it does. The only thing I know is my skincare, okay? I went to aesthetic school. I I like skincare. I like talking about it, like using it. And when people mess, when I like post that I have a zit and people are like, "Well, have you tried like a zit patch?" And I'm like, "What?" Of course, that is literally on the top of everybody's list. Like, what makes you think that I wouldn't know that? Oh my gosh, actually, actually, I have a perfect response for this. I learned this the other day. This is to, this is something you can say to like guys when they're mansplaining something to you. But I feel like this is useful when, when people are giving you unsolicited advice. You say this. So say somebody comes up to you and, or you're talking to a friend or whatever. And you're like, yeah, I'm having a really hard time getting him to eat. Sorry. (laughs) I'm having a really hard time getting him to eat. And the friend goes, well, have you tried feeding him quesadillas or feeding him? I think you said puffs, feeding him puffs. I'm assuming those are those little like puffy rice cereal things that kids eat. Those slap, by the way. Um, (laughs) Here's what you say. You go, oh yeah. How long have you known that? And then they probably say something like, oh, I've known it forever. I learned it like 10 years ago or five years ago. And then this is your response. You say, so since you've known that for so long, what makes you think that I wouldn't know that? Oh my gosh. If I was giving somebody advice and they said that to me, I would see myself out. I would never try to give anybody advice ever again. Like it's such a stab in the most gentle way possible. I'm always confused. Like how did that person get to the conclusion that you didn't try to do what's best for your kid. I, I just, it, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. So Lacey, if you need, again, if you need somebody to tell you that you're doing a good job, I am here to tell you that. I have a special needs brother. I've talked about him before. He has Rubenstein Tabby syndrome. And actually I said that on the podcast and I found somebody who has a, a child with Rubenstein Tabby syndrome and I have never met anybody else who had a sibling or relative or child with it. So we like connected over that. It was great. And parents of special needs children, you are, oh my gosh, I will cry. I will tear up thinking about it because I think you are the, the most special, most pure, and I want to meet your children. Okay. Because your children are probably way better and way more fun than any of the other stupid babies that I've met. So please just know that you're doing a good job. I know that you're feeding them everything that you can. And yeah, same with, with acne, with dieting. When people are saying they're struggling with something, all you need to say is, I'm so sorry. How can I support you? What can, what can I do? You want to vent? Do you need me to call somebody? Do you want me to babysit? Do you want me to, to give you suggestions? It's always best to ask when people come to you with a problem. I think it's always best to just clarify. Just say, okay, do you want advice or do you want to vent? Like if you're not totally sure when somebody's coming to you, I mean, always err on the side of they're just venting. Never offer advice unless it has been stated that they'd like it. But it is always good to ask. My mom and I always say that to each other. Okay, what are we looking for here? Advice or sympathy? Matt says it and it's been great for our relationship. So please don't be the person who offers unsolicited advice. The parent knows, okay? The parent's trying. Lacey, I love you. You're doing a really, really good job. All right, next voicemail. Hi, Maddie. I was telling this big, long story, but I realize now that there is a cutoff 
And so I'm going to tell it in as short as possible because I was telling my mom this story and she was like, oh, Maddie would be furious. So there's a lot to unpack here. So I'll just like go at it all at once. There was this boy who I was like dated for not very long, but I was like totally in love with him. I fell kind of hard pretty fast, which is stupid on my part. But then he broke up with me, told me that God told him he couldn't be with anybody right now. And then I find out he's dating my best friend. And so I text him and call him out for that. And he calls me and he's like, look, like I know that you... I knew from like the second date that we weren't going to work. And I was like, okay, then why did you keep dating me? He's like, well, your dad was just such a good business connection that I wanted to, that I wanted to see if I could like keep it going. Cause I just didn't think I didn't want to lose that business connection. And I was like, wow, that's the worst thing I've ever heard. Another thing he did is he had me read this thing he calls his wife book. And that sounds kind of cute. Now it's a 40 page, 40 page list of things he expects of his wife. And he had me read it. And he said that he had me read that. So I could realize that I, I'm not his wife. And so he literally, instead of just like telling me, he's like, hey, things are going to work out. He first leads me on and then felt like because of my dad's business connection. And then he tells me, oh, I can't be with you because God told me not to. And then when none of that works and I'm still like there for him because I'm an idiot, he's like, he shows me his wife book. So instead of like him breaking up with me, I can just tear myself apart and like think that I'm not good enough for him. But yeah, and now he's, I don't know if I mentioned this, but he's dating my best friend now and she doesn't want to hear anything about what I have to say about him because she's like all love struck. But yeah, there's probably more that I missed and I tried to convince it as much as possible, but I just, there's already a lot. Okay, I don't have a name for this one and I also don't have a city where it's from. So this one's a, a mystery caller and it also cut off because apparently there's a two minute time limit. I actually didn't know that till this. So I told somebody that there wasn't a time limit. It might've been you. It might've been the person leaving this voicemail. So I'm really sorry about that. But listen, I was not about to let this one slide. First of all, the opening sentence was enough to complain. That was enough to feel terrible about that he is dating your best friend. That sucks. That just, that sucks. The worst pain of my entire life thus far was when the guy I was in love with was with my best friend. It was a horrible feeling. Next, the fact that he said that he knew that you were not going to be for him, but he stuck around because your dad was a good business connection. Excuse me. I feel like public, like stonings and like burning at the stake. Sometimes I feel like mm, it's not a bad idea. It's not the worst idea I've ever heard because then I hear about guys like this, guys who have 40 pages of requirements for their future partner or wife or whatever. I would love to see that list. Beyond that, I would love to know how many of those requirements this dude meets because I would bet my life no more than a page. This dude has no more than a page of accomplishments or even personality traits. And he's writing 40 pages of what he requires in a woman? No. No. When you said that, when you dropped that, I wish I had a live reaction because I nearly lost my life. Truly, I was on the verge. Matt heard me yell and he actually thought I was in pain. And I am. I am in an emotional turmoil that somebody like this exists. And we need to talk about the fact that, I mean... I live in Utah, so there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of religious people around here. We don't talk about religion a lot on the podcast. It's a personal decision of mine, in case you're wondering. But I do want to talk about this one aspect of it. And it's within dating that 
I experienced as a single person, as a teenager, all of that. And now that I'm older, I have a different perspective on a lot of things. There's this thing that people do and it's using religion essentially, or, you know, God, she said that he said that God told him that he was not supposed to be with her. Whatever, whatever you believe, whatever your religious denomination or whatever, it's, it, this is not specific to anything. That is a manipulation tactic. You got to look at the facts of what somebody is doing when they say something like that. It is to manipulate how you feel. Because when a guy says that, he thinks that he should not feel bad anymore. He thinks that if he broke your heart, but God told him to do it, then he shouldn't have to say sorry or feel bad about anything. And that is the number one, like, requirement, or not requirement, uh, the number one quality of gaslighting somebody. And it's horrible. And if anybody says that to you, if anybody uses your beliefs against you, if anybody uses religion against you, if you are a religious person and you care about that, they are manipulating you. And I think that not enough young people know this. I wish that I knew it when I was single. Like when I was dating people and I was letting guys say that stuff to me, oh boy, if this ma- this version of Maddie could go back and tell that version of Maddie what is up with that, I think we would have saved ourselves a lot of problems. But I just, I cannot stand when I hear about this. I have a lot of people in my DMs that maybe don't see that it is manipulation. They say, yeah, you know, he doesn't feel good about it. He he doesn't think that, you know, God doesn't think we should be together or whatever. And because it's a religion that they belong to, they sometimes subscribe to that idea that maybe he's right. No, I don't care if he's right. I don't care what he believes. I don't care about any of that. If he is bringing that into the decision whether or not to hurt you, he's wrong, okay? Send me this dude's name and number, okay? I just want to talk. I just want to talk. I won't do anything super illegal. I won't do anything second degree illegal. Okay. First degree illegal. Maybe I am so sorry. I am so sorry. And I am on your side. I would be shocked if anybody listening to this was not on your side. So just know, just know that we are all here for you. Okay. Next one. Okay. So I just have a love that I wanted to share with you guys today. So I love when people get so into and really good at really niche things. Like this last weekend, I went and cheered my sister-in-law on at her bikini competition. Like she's been working her ass off for like six months and it was incredible. These women are just so strong and powerful. Like another example, my husband, when he was in high school, was a competitive jump roper, like won national titles with jump roping, like just crazy things. So if you have like a crazy niche hobby, like something that is just so unique and bizarre and you love it, I love that you love it. Love you all. Bye. Okay. Again, I don't have a name or a city where it's from. That's probably my bad because I should have said that in the voicemail greeting to leave your name and where you're from. I'll fix that. I'll get on that right away. But this love, oh, it just warms. It warms my cold, dead heart because I too love a niche hobby. You know what niche hobby I really, really love is competitive sandcastle building. Also competitive chalk drawing and competitive ice sculpting. All of those things are incredible to me. Same with the ones that she named like bodybuilding. When I see female bodybuilders, oh man, I don't know if I want to like hug them or kiss them or like have them punch me in the face because I think it's so incredible. And competitive jump roping, love that. 
Don't know if my ankles could do it, but I respect the hell out of it. Any sort of niche hobby, I really love it. I'm trying to think if I I have any. I think that I was so worried about what people thought of me for so long that I never got into anything that like could have made somebody cringe. And I have major regrets about that. As I get older, I'm trying to suppress the part of me that cringes because I think that we all should do that. I think that we should all do that. I mean, I still I still cringe it quite a bit, but I'm saying the self-cringe. Like if you think about anybody who has any sort of career in like a creative field or again, like one of these niche hobbies or whatever, they had to get through a cringe phase. I was thinking about Ben Affleck, okay? Because Ben Affleck and Matt Damon wrote Goodwill Hunting. They were really young. And I was thinking about how they had to go to like their friends and family and be like, hey, we're going to like write a movie and we're going to be in it and we're going to try and make a movie. And when I was younger, if somebody told me that they wanted to do something like that, I kind of wrote them off. And I was kind of like, okay, that's cringe. That's cringe. I mean, that you want to do that? It's a little bit, it's not for me. But now I'm like so proud of people who have been able to fight through that and fight through people's judgment. I mean, yes, I will still judge you if you take your socks off on an airplane. Okay. That's not a hobby. Hobbies are are free of judgment here. Now that I say that, I'm sure that I have roasted a hobby or two, but I'm just saying that I'm trying to work on it, okay? I never said I was perfect. I really, really love when people just have no shame in what they're doing, and I'm even trying to do better at that with the podcast because like, when I started the Bad Broadcast, I had to like tell people about it, and it was humiliating. There was something about it, and you know what? That was my shit. That was my stuff that I had to work through. That was nobody else's fault. That was because I couldn't, you know, I had too big of a, what's the, a cringe reaction to when people were, I don't know, doing something unconventional. And we all need to work on that, myself included. So thank you for reminding me how incredible niche hobbies are. Any hobbies at all, really. When people just love something, you know, when you're having a conversation with somebody about something that they love and you can tell that their heart is just in it, Oh my gosh. Again, I'm I've got butterflies. I've got butterflies thinking about that for you. So, thank you for reminding me of this unknown caller. I would love to know your name. But uh yeah, let's get on to the next one. Hi Maddie, this is Amanda from New York City, long-time listener, first-time caller. This might be a court of petty arguments type thing, but it's more a petty argument between me and the world. I want to hear your thoughts on people calling themselves empaths. To me, that just sounds like they're trying to make other people's suffering and anguish about themselves to be like, oh yeah, I totally feel you because I'm an empath. Is Am I missing something? Is that not just the most asinine thing in the world to say? Let me know what you think. Okay, thanks, bye. All right, Amanda from New York. Thank you for submitting a question that my answer will maybe get me like momentarily canceled, but that's fine because if nobody's going to say it, I am. I've never met an empath who told me they were an empath. Okay. Anybody who's ever said that to me, I immediately realized that they are not one because if you were a real empath, you would know how that makes people feel when you say that. Like it is completely contradictory to actually being an empath. So I don't know. I'm sorry, maybe maybe you really are one and you're letting somebody know in a normal way. But when it's like the first thing that people say, 
when they're like, hey, I'm an empath. And you're like, mm, but are you? Because can you sense what I'm feeling right now? It's hate for you. So Amanda, I, I, I do agree with you. Also, I just got to say this. This has nothing to do with this topic. But when I get these voicemails, it sends me like a little transcript of it. And every single one says Maggie with a G, M-A-G-G-I-E. And it just made me think of this time that I moved to a new apartment. I only lived there for like two weeks. It was actually in California. It was like the first time I moved out of state. Really shouldn't even call it moving out of state because legitimately I lived there for two weeks. But my roommate thought my name was Maggie. And then we just got too deep into it and I couldn't ever correct her. So now I'm just feeling, I'm feeling a real nostalgia for her. Her name was, uh, what was her name? I don't know. She had red hair. She was a pretty good kisser. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But she was a character at Disney. Uh, That was pretty cool. Anyway, thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Amanda, for reminding me how much I hate when people force empathy down my throat. Thank you. On to the next one. Hey, Maddie, longtime follower, short-time listener, meaning I just started listening to Bad Broadcast after following you for a really long time, but uh, I wasn't in a podcast, but now I am. And I listen to one podcast, and that's yours, so you should feel so lucky. Not because I'm a straight white male listening to your podcast, but because I'm a human who listened to one podcast, and that's yours. So, <laughs> yeah, it's only one podcast for me. It's a Bad Broadcast. Because um, yours is just so good, and I'm not interested in any others. Anyway, to the point. I had a stroke at 30 years old and I'm still 30. So not that long ago. It was on New Year's Eve. Here's my vent. I'm so sick of people asking me how I am. And that might sound really weird, but I'm over it. Uh, Here's the thing. People ask me all the time, how are you doing? But they don't actually know like the specific issues going on with me. They just know I had a stroke. So I don't know how to respond to that. I'm like, I'm good. I'm bad. Do you want a dissertation about the nine different specialists I see every single week? Like, what do you want me to actually say? It's different when it's like close friends who spent time like learning about like my process, about what I'm going through to be like, hey, what, how's this specific issue, you know? But like, I kid you not, it's not just acquaintances. Like I went to a family gathering and I did not have one conversation that was not about the stroke. And like, these conversations are just with people like I run into and they're like, oh yeah, this is the guy who had the stroke. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, how are things with the stroke? You know, how are you recovering? And it's like, girl, we don't have to talk about the stroke. Like you can just ask me about any other thing about my life. Anyway, just need to vent about it. It's kind of weird because it's like, you should be grateful that people care. But I mean, I feel like what other place can I vent about this? If not at the bad broadcast. Okay. Thanks. Love you. Bye. All right, straight white male who didn't give me his name, but who definitely had a stroke at the age of 30. Uh, first of all, that sucks. That really sucks. Sorry to uh, just just blurt that out. I, I don't know what else to say about that, except that really sucks. And also, I feel like you you hit the nail on the head for why the bad broadcast even exists, because sometimes you just need to let it out. Like, I get it. I get that's really nice that people ask, but I also get that you just want them to like shut up about it. Like if like they don't know, it's so specific. How are you going to explain it to them? So I'm here for you. Um, I, I don't have any advice because I understand people's concern. I mean, coming from somebody who who is concerned just by the voicemail, but I also understand that you just want them to shut the hell up. So here's your chance to complain. Thank you for choosing the bad broadcast to do it. Thanks for listening to it. I do really like when guys listen to the podcast. I mean, the majority of you guys are women and 
obviously I love that more than anything, but every now and then I get a, I get a dude who got, who got roped in and here he is. I have a lot of like husbands that are like, yeah, I didn't like choose to start listening to you, but here I am. I'm going to tack on uh, one of my hates just while we're talking about men who listen to the podcast. A lot of times guys will phrase it like, oh, my wife finally convinced me to listen to your podcast or like, oh, it took a few times, but I finally got into it. I'm not saying that's what this guy said. I mean, he follows me on Instagram and then he started listening. I just wanted to clarify. I'm not like calling him out. His response totally made sense. But just when people are like, yeah, I really had to make an effort to like your podcast. I was going to be like, okay, do you want me to say sorry? Do you want like, are you saying thank you? Like, what are you trying to do here? So straight white man with a stroke at 30. Thank you for being, thank you for being one of the good ones. Could you guys just, I got really good vibes from this guy. Are you single? Because I'm sure there's a listener out there who wants to date you and will take care of you post stroke. So thanks so much for calling. All right. I think we have time for one more. First of all, that was the cutest thing I've ever heard. I was like, oh my gosh, am I talking to her? (laughs) Love. Anyway, is that my love for the week? Okay, my name is Laura. I'm calling from Virginia. I'm visiting my sister, but I'm actually living in Salt Lake. And I just needed to say that my dad is going through a three-quarter life crisis, if you want to get technical. And he and his wife bought and wear constantly matching toe rings. First of all, inappropriate for a father to be wearing a toe ring but also I just don't understand is it ever okay to wear a toe ring I think I wore one once as a joke my friends and I got them in college um so that is my complaint my hate and my question hate toe rings on my father will be removing him as my emergency contact from everything but also do you think there's ever an appropriate time to wear a toe ring let me know okay love you bye Laura Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that you brought this to my attention because I uh, I don't think I've ever talked about this on the podcast. I can't remember a time anyway that I have talked about it on the podcast. And I think it's time because this is something that I have thought about often. I don't know why I've thought about this as much as I have, but I have. I have really ugly feet, okay? It's just, it's a fact of life. I, I don't like my feet. I have bunions. My toes kind of look like the aliens from Toy Story. I don't know. I just, I don't like my feet. So I've never understood a toe ring. Because jewelry's purpose is to like decorate something, you know, it's to kind of show it off. It's to adorn it with something. Why anybody would choose their second toe to be the body part they adorn will not make any sense to me ever. It's like a clitoris piercing. Why are people doing it? Why is that a body part that needs to be decorated? Okay. Okay. I I hear you. Clitoris piercing is a little far, but you get the point. You get what I'm trying to make. Uh, or you get the point that I'm trying to make. So yeah, removing him as your emergency contact, bare minimum, bare minimum. I don't want you to be, I don't even want you to speak to a man with a toe ring. Okay. I don't know how old you are, but it might be time to be an emancipated minor. Uh, might be time to leave the country, change your name, change your identity, join the witness protection program. Your last question was, is there ever an appropriate time to wear a toe ring? The answer is unequivocally no. There's no reason why a toe ring should beat out a finger ring. Nobody even calls them that. A hand ring? Just a ring? We're just calling them rings? Okay, yeah. There's no reason. There's no reason for it. So thank you for ending this episode on something that truly lights my fire, and that's toe rings. I really 
I cannot express to you guys how in love I am with the voicemail system. Hearing your guys' voices, I feel like we're chatting. This is incredible. So I am planning on doing these once a month, but maybe more. Maybe more. I'm really into them. But check out my Instagram stories for what the prompt is and what we're going to be talking about that week. We'll probably change it. Again, you can call the voicemail anytime, 866-650-MADDIE, M-A-D-I. You can call it anytime, but I do do prefer that you wait just so I don't lose any and they don't don't get lost in the shuffle. All right. Well, that is what we have time for today. Thank you so much for being here, for listening to my ramblings, to each other's ramblings. Truly just the joy of my life is recording this podcast. And the other day I was just thinking about, let me just, let me just wax sentimental for a minute. But I just thought about how, how lucky I am to have this job. My job is basically just chatting with people and complaining with people and meeting people. And I feel very, very lucky. And I can't wait for one day, one day we're all going to meet in person. I don't know when that'll be or what that'll look like, but I am looking forward to that. So, oh, I haven't harassed you guys about this in a while. Actually, I probably did it last week, but I'm going to do it again. Subscribe, rate, and review and post on social media that you listen to the podcast. It is wildly helpful, wildly helpful. So I love you all so much. Thank you to everybody who called. Can't wait to do this again. Be safe, be kind, be hot. I love you. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Remember, you can catch a new episode of The Bad Broadcast every Monday. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Also, I want to hear from you, so please leave a rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at The Bad Broadcast for all the behind-the-scenes action and more information. Talk to you next week.